Welcome to a morning edition of PBE Daily Early Mornings and Late Night Podcast. My name is Point Blank Yvombi. What's about to happen is a bunch of takes that are going to take place back to back to back because of something that was inspired in the past couple of weeks. And yesterday, which is over the weekend, I found the perfect idea to actually crystallize some of what I wanted to speak on today. The one thing I wanted to put across was number one, I have had a very, very good turn of events as far as what I'm creating. It's not often you come across a documentary that you didn't even know existed in the platforms that you watch your documentaries from, but when you actually got to it, you actually watched it, and that which you wanted to address became even more clear to you. Uh, I've had a productive couple of days as far as the 9 to 5 is concerned, and the 9 to 5 is the one thing that always keeps me in a position of constant worry because I want to make sure the work comes in accordance to how I want perfection to look and the work i do in the house that one is the one that actually is is seeking its perspective and by that i mean this i don't want to be the guy who just keeps on jumping into deep ends and not able to make things come out in proper fruition or to the quality if not the standards that everybody else is going to compete with because i'm a steady competitive and as time goes by and even the 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 podcast has been showing thus far my competitive nature is only born from the edge i would like to create in the future and because i want an edge i will always try to strive for the very best of that which i can do so rest assured that which i wanted to make an impact with i'm slowly making an impact in that direction now this episode was given the perfect true north by this documentary that was vaguely hinted at in the beginning of this episode and it's the story of the machine that was uh, a group from the atlanta side of, of music that changed the entire music industry let me make it a little bit clearer for you there used to be a spot which was the basement of a mom's house where his son was very heavily trying to get into the production business in music and they called it the dungeon the crew called themselves the dungeon family the dungeon family consisted of some of some recording artists two of the most famous ones having to be uh, the outcasts and aside from the outcasts uh, the goody mob but the machine that made things possible for them to have perfect production, perfect music quality, and even be able to compete in the global industry and have powerful effect, if not powerful execution in music, was another collective. And the collective was actually the producers who used to stay primarily in that basement. And that was Organized Noise. Organized Noise was the production house uh, click that actually made things happen it was a click of two of three friends uh, one of them was called rico wade and rico wade was the guy who actually used to do most of the going into different boardrooms signing the documents taking the deals make them having the rest of the crew put things together the second was probably the main engine made the base of how many many pieces of music were created because he learned the different instruments and different uh, uh different tools that would put, be used to make the music come to life and that was ray murray or ray murray and ray was very quiet calculating he had, he had this quality this jay diller quality to him so he would just sit quietly in the corner find a piece of machinery study that piece of machinery and actually work it from scratch to make the beats come to life and the extra touch was as a second generation artist by the name of sleepy brown sleepy brown was now the final member of the crew 
The three of them had a documentary created about their lives, and the documentary was called The Art of Organized Noise. And in this Art of Organized Noise, they talked to different individuals who actually played a part in their lives. And spoilers ahead, this is all I'm going to tell you. They talked to a lot of people who you never, never really expected them to actually work on their music. Like, for example, the very first recording that they did for La Face Records, the video was shot by a person who you'd least expect him to. So if you can, find that documentary and watch it. I'm sure when, by the time we come back and you send me a comment of what you think about what I've said about these guys, you'll have even more to say because you'll be even more inspired by these individuals. Now, organized noise would be the guys who actually would piece together the different pieces of music that would actually turn into hip-hop hits and the, the Atlanta sound of the 90s and into the 1994s, going into the 95s and towards 98. The different songs they created that actually made them superstars is one thing I actually really, really, really looked up to, to them because of. I mean, the other guys who made the beat for Waterfalls for TLC, which moved their album sales, according to what I saw in the documentary, they moved their album sales from 4 million records to 11 million records. And to make that kind of leap is such an amazing thing to see. And there's one moment in the documentary that actually stood out to me and it became the moment I said, okay, these are the guys I'm going to talk about as far as this whole idea of being glad I get to see things from the other side of the lens. Perspective is a beautiful thing. And this is what I found out about these guys. They were making so many hit songs for La Face Records, but they were still living in a basement, still making very, very little money. They didn't even know how much they could actually earn as far as uh, intellectual property in regards to uh, the music they create. They didn't know how, how many uh, recouping payments they would actually make after the fact. All they did know for sure is Rico Wade truly wanted to be fair to every person involved in the crew and make sure everybody in the crew is taken care of and everybody in the crew is not in a position where they could actually turn back and say you were unfair to me you stole from me you took from me you hurt me so they left uh la face records they left atlanta georgia and they moved to california and when they moved to california they signed a deal with interscope records and interscope records according to the documentary they say they made 20 million plus as far as signing the, de the deal to get things started so imagine moving in your in your, in your 20s you move from being making just three thousand dollars here and there to be given 20 million dollars to split three ways I'm sure life was different and everybody enjoyed themselves to the fullest. And the reason why I call this episode The Beauty of Perspective is this. When you hear them speak about the realization of that which they learned, you take in the idea of wanting to make money from the different talents that you have. And you push yourself to the greatest levels that you possibly can. You push yourself to make quality material. You push yourself to make sure that when it comes to the music being discussed, you are the perfect voice. You're the poignant voice. You are the powerhouse that actually is respected. But then the thing that suffers is the creativity when it gets into industrial level of churning out material, that product really suffers. One of my favorite artists is a guy called Greg Capolo. And Greg Capolo is a guy who I fell in love with his art in the bedroom of a friend of mine in Athi River. He, he, he used to collect a lot of magazines because we both work in the art industry. And we were young cats. And we were, I think we were all of, what, uh, 20 or something? And I'm sitting in this, guy's, uh, in this guy's room, his art table and stuff. I didn't even have an art table at the time. I, I, I hadn't gotten to the point where I could actually have a commissioned art table and everything. And I'm looking at this stuff. And as I'm sitting there, 
I'm scrolling through these pages and I'm looking at the rendering, the kind of shading this guy has on his work and I'm literally losing my mind because I wish I could get to the level where I could actually make those kind of cross-hatching strokes on the drawings I create. I even still struggle with that thing today because I don't think my cross-hatching as far as how it would look on a comic book page is right. I don't even think I do the cross-hatching properly when I'm trying to make uh, the shadows come come through i mean th these are the things that actually get me uh worked up I, I i always have this pent up energy inside me that tells me like dude we have to get better at this one thing and i will not move an inch until i get that particular thing right i'm always pushing myself in that direction and i'm, gr I'm grateful that i'm able to make the impact i'm able to make even with the little skills that i have at the moment when i heard the members of Organized Noise talk about how the, the, the three of them, one would just, ever since they started making big money, one would just end up partying all the time and one would end up being stuck in the studio constantly making the music and he's stuck by himself when it used to be a collective effort. And the other guys in the boardrooms making music, making music deals and trying to make them more money without actually taking the time to also produce. Hearing that story literally made me think about how when i think about the machine that used to be a part of in different parts of my uh, of my talents when i used to be the guy who enjoyed rocking the show i knew i didn't have as much business acumen to be the guy who goes into the boardroom or goes into the club manager's office and talks numbers and decides okay how can i make sure you your bar makes money and my my crew and i when we go on stage make money and it's one thing that i've always been concerned about because i i don't have a, the exact learning decision or, or even direction to know how to sit down with a person who controls a certain commercial business and tell him dude this is the best way for us to all make money and this is the best way for us to always make sure you're okay it's gonna take time but we can do it right in this particular way. And and that's, I think, the one thing that would make me stand out as far as many businesses that I take. I am the first person to tell a client, this thing may take this much time. So you may as well decide if you want to have this thing come out late or decide to do it with me and accept that it's going to come out perfect, but at a later date that you're planning for. The turn turnover times that people would like to have for creative material is some of the most potent, potent pieces of I need to get better. I always push myself to get better at the speeds at which I draw and the, the speeds at which I create because I know what the downside looks like. Because if you don't have a quick enough turnover time, you don't get the work. And if you don't get the work, you don't have, get to have those extra coins. The reason why I don't, I not only do the 9 to 5 in the office and I don't only try to create the comic books in the house is because I want to keep on pushing myself to make even greater things come to life. And I, for one, I'm not a fan of failure. I'm the first guy to shoot myself in the foot if I know I'm not doing the very best of what I create. But then let's go back to organized noise real quick. After them seeing the whole situation of they're trying to make the music come to life and not all of them are sitting down creating in the way they normally used to create, the formula, the recipe that gave them the craft suffered. One of them, I believe it was Ray Murray who said, imagine sitting down with a business person and then you realize, oh, I had a better situation in the last business space I was in. Because he actually crystallized it like this. He said, when they were working with LaFace Records back in Atlanta, they had all the cards and they had the longer end of the stick because they were able to tell the person, yo, I know you don't, you're not sure about what kind of uh, direction this song should take. Take a chance with this one. I can guarantee you it may just work to your advantage. Just take a chance with it. See what happens after the fact. Now, that's what they did 
with LaFace Records. But then when they signed the deal with Interscope, this is what happened in Interscope. Interscope was like, yo, I've seen the formula that works to make this kind of hit. So we're going to keep on doing that formula over and over again. So now your creativity is kind of stalled because they've seen there's one way you can create things. And because there's only this one specific way that we've proven that works, you should always try to replicate that very same magic. It's alleged that an artist like Lorraine Hill did not make another another solo album because they wanted her to make the same album she had made before. And because of that, she walked away from the entire industry altogether to go find her own path, her own way, her own voice. It's a very noble act to take. It's a very noble step to actually fulfill. And in my case, it made me start thinking about how I look at how things go in business and in entertainment. I, for one, spent the highest part of the last 10 months asking myself how I'd like my album to be because this year marked 10 years since I won a rap battle and I really wanted to make sure that album came correct because in the many years I've been in the music industry I've never really played time to record an album and I felt I wasn't mentally ready to make the album come to life and this year when I was sitting down after 2018 where I actually experienced so many amazing things with my peers and friends in the hip-hop industry I realized maybe it's time for me to make it and I thank God for the different friends I have who told me dude just make the song or make the songs come to life but here's where I come back into my whole sit down and have perspective the first thing I did was I wrote down the themes I have themes ready for two albums and the only reason why I haven't sat down to write down for these particular two albums is because when you're overwhelmed by so many other things that you're trying to create it wouldn't be true enough if I was to just churn out material that would easily be just swallowed quickly and then tossed away by the recording artists or the fans who actually listen to the music because I don't want to be that guy and I know how easily I can become that guy and by that I mean this every true artist can listen to a piece of music by somebody else and can tell if you're regurgitating they can tell if your mind is not really there they can tell when your your interests are not really there and they can tell you're just doing it for the sake of doing it and the last thing i want to do is to have the word just tied to anything i create musically i for one have one mixtape to my name and a couple of uh collaborative eps to my name and i played those part because my friends were trying to get me back into the music industry and they were schooling me on how to actually create material and to create the perfect environment for that to actually come to life some episodes back i spoke on how everybody gives the excuse of they want to have the perfect space for them to create they want the perfect lighting the perfect feel the perfect flow of air and stuff like that to be honest the reason why i'm taking so long is because i feel i have to eliminate certain factors from the equation and the, and the specific factor i'd really like to get rid of is the inconvenience of having to move around too much to actually create the formula that has worked for me as far as being an illustrator is concerned, I have the machines that I require in the office and I made sure I had both machines set up the way I want them to. I have the machines that are set up in the house and I have them both set up the way I wanted them to. Depending on the kind of work I'm trying to execute in the specific art space, I made sure that the tools were there. My only excuse in many cases is the tools. Do I have the tools? If I have the tools, the work will be created and as far as distractions are concerned it's as easy as turning the wi-fi off and once that wi-fi is off i am now tunnel vision i am now creating every single thing i wanted to create and when i do that 
I guarantee you I always come out the other side very happy with what I've created. Even if it's not as many as 20 plus pieces in the shortest turn over time. But even the few I create at the time, I'm very happy with the end results because those end results always seem to be true and honest and from a good place. Organized Noise is now regrouping and coming back together to make a lot of new material come to life and even get the the, the soup that makes their, their great uh, meal of music come to life. They're getting back into that. They're going back to the essence of what they created. Now, before I even jump in to even saying that I'm, I've found the perfect formula for how I create, I'm going to take the time to make sure that I am consciously doing the moves that I'm supposed to make. Which is why I call this episode the gift of perspective. When I watch all these documentaries of different people and how they had to suffer in order for them to create the material that they created, it makes me now think, okay, what, what are the pitfalls you need to avoid? Case in point, another documentary that I watched, and a documentary called Quincy. And Quincy was the story of Quincy Jones, one of the most prolific producers and uh, and uh, creators of music in the hip-hop, R&B, and old-school soul music. This man suffered two brain surgeries because he had a situation in the right and left hemisphere he's still alive to this day in his 80s and he's still considered one of the most important people in the sounds of music he's the man we thank for the sounds of michael jackson and he's the man we thank for the sounds of a person like tevin campbell for the young cats just google those names you'll understand where i'm coming from quincy was so aggressive with his work ethic and it made a lot of his life suffer and when i was going through my different uh, rough patches this year seeing the story of quincy just made me think back and say okay you're not special you're not unique there are people who've suffered these circumstances before so you need to change the way you do things you just need to line things up a little different and i love that i get to see that and i love that i get to actually have that kind of perspective and then there's another one called the black godfather and that documentary is also tied to the music industry and the film industry because you you want to be able to have a person who would walk into a boardroom for you or it would be a person who if you drop his name or her name you get to have an upper hand or you get to have a little bit of independence in that which you create but now imagine being in a world where these individuals don't exist but the information you're seeking exists Many people in the art industry in Kenya want to be able to have a person who would be their attack dog in the room. But since that attack dog doesn't doesn't actually exist, you have to do it yourself. Everything I've been doing with my art career and my art industry knowledge is born from personal experiences, uh, falls and rises. And I pick up knowledge from many different people and many different industries. And I take all that stuff and I make this perfect piece of gumbo that I would enjoy as far as throwing all these ingredients in and hoping that by the time I'm able to actually walk into a room, I can ask for someone to treat me fairly. And if the the idea of being treated fairly doesn't make any sense, let's put it to you this way. There's some people who look at certain business deals and they complain about the money they made after the fact. Think of it this way. Imagine you walk into a room you ask a person for a specific amount of money then that person agrees at the drop of a hat you can't start arguing with the fact that he probably swindled you you now argue with the fact that will he make sure that i get the amount i asked for without complaint because that's how i function if i give you a specific quote and i know that quote is what i wanted personally out of the deal and you make sure i get what i asked for we have no problems 
to find that kind of balance even in the arts is a different thing so my my balance that i'm seeking is am i able to still work in the commercial field and still have a say in the execution of creativity that i will have difficult question isn't it say it with me be caesar or be nothing at all thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode guys and as we proceed always know it's that for one thing <laughs>